0: Joy to us.
1: Good morning grace and peace to everyone it is my joy to come to your homes through video to bring to you God's order. we started the year our sermon direction was about transformation transform in the way we think transform character and transform behavior today I was assigned to preach on a message on mercy and forgiveness A couple of days ago, we we celebrated and commemorated our nation's independence. 122 years ago, we gained our freedom from Spanish colonial rule. It is my prayer that in the same way, God will liberate us, free us, unshackle us, and release us from a frozen heart and the curse of an unforgiving spirit. As God's children, He wanted to move us from the realm of the ordinary to the extraordinary. The aim of my message is to bridge that gap. The title of the message is, Let It Go. Please join me and let us open our Bibles to the book of St. Luke, chapter 17, verses 1 to 5 again Luke chapter 17 verses 1 to 5 in verse 1 he said to his disciples it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come and woe to him to whom they come it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he would cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day, and returns to you seven times, saying, I repent, forgive him. Last verse in verse five, the Apostles said to the Lord increase our faith let us bow our heads and come to the Lord in prayer our grace gracious, gracious gracious Heavenly Father we thank you for another day that you've given us thank you o Lord for the good night's sleep we even thank you father for the strength to get up from our beds lord and to come and worship you this morning lord i admit to you that i am very limited as i'll be preaching your word lord i cannot depend upon myself that's why i call upon you god O holy spirit be our teacher be our speaker we don't want O lord to bless your word god may you want to speak to the spirit of men May you challenge us, oh God, and that through this message, if we will apply it, transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you recall a time when someone has greatly offended you? How did it feel? I didn't mean to ruin your day. You'll be completely honest. Is there anyone who just a mere thought of him or her ruins your day? No, it breaks your mood. Perhaps someone offended you, sin against you in words. I mean, you have been lied to. People spread nasty rumors that are totally untrue. People talk behind your back people who manipulated you, twisted your words intentionally, or perhaps someone offended you in deeds. Someone did something to you, abused you, stole something from you, betrayed you, maltreated you. You're a victim of fraud. You're a victim of medical malpractice you were scammed as you go about your business you were robbed of your inheritance or perhaps you were offended and hurt because someone didn't do what they should have done to you especially the ones closest to you failed to love you to protect you and care for you someone didn't treat you fairly in a thousand other things that has deeply hurt you man's natural response to offenses bitterness resentment anger hostility vengefulness vindictiveness there's a saying an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth please listen and listen good How we take offenses or how we react when we are offended is what differentiates the ordinary from the extraordinary, the weak from the strong. That's why I mentioned earlier that the aim of this message is to bridge the gap between the ordinary from uh, the extraordinary. Now, let us look at some basic truth taught. By our Lord Jesus Christ number one offenses will come in Luke uh, chapter 17 verse 1 he said to his disciples so to whom was Jesus talking he was addressing his disciples and today Jesus also would like to address you he wanted to talk to you uh, regarding forgiveness he says it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come why because we are living in an imperfect world it's part of the felon, uh, fallen nature uh, of men to make mistakes We have been hurt by other people's uh, selfishness, arrogance, pride, and stupidity. Let us not live in a fantasy world that everyone is okay and that you will never get hurt or angry. Because the Bible tells us offenses will come. You will be hurt. You will get angry. Offenses will come number two offenses are constant Offenses are constant it's probably one of the most consistent in our lives offenses I mean stumbling blocks when you remember when you started uh, going to school when you were little as early as that as young as you uh, were back then you were already offended People have hurt you. It's either by words or by deeds. Remember? uh, Going from from preschool to elementary, high school, college, or even when you graduated, when you started uh, to work. Still, there are people who will offend you. People will say things against you. Things that will hurt you in the office, in the board meetings, even at church, you will be offended. Uh, In our families, relationship between husbands and wife, uh, parents, children, offenses are constant. Not only that, offenses will come, the Bible teaches us that offenses are constant. And number three, offenses must be coped. In verse three, it says, "Be on your guard." Jesus is commanding you and commanding me to be on our guard. Offenses must be coped. It should be managed. We should be ready. I remember when my children were younger, uh, I I wanted to show them how how strong their daddy was. So I let them punch me in the tummy. I told them to hit me with all their might, and my children uh, took turns swinging. And because I knew a punch was coming, I braced myself and flexed my abdominal muscles to cope with the blow. And then they all go, whoa, daddy's real strong. There was this one time that I wasn't expecting. As my son uh, passed by, he took a quick swing and hit me when I wasn't looking. Boy, I tell you, I curled up like a shrimp. (laughs) Offenses will come, offenses are constant, and offenses must be coped. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus was preparing His disciples to turn the world upside down. And these disciples, you know, they they were able to taste the water that had been turned into wine. They were there when Jesus fed the 5,000. They were there on that small boat when Jesus rebuked the wind and the storm. They were there when Jesus healed the blind. And made the lame walk. He raised the dead. One of them even walked on water. Power and authority was given to the disciples to drive out demons. Jesus was preparing to promote them. But before Jesus can get them here, they need to learn how to forgive. In verse 3, going back again, uh, in the verses that we read, be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and return to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. (laughs) The response is quite funny. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. See, uh, the rabbis of Jesus' day thought that a perfect man would forgive an individual three times for the same sins or for the same offense. Jesus, however, doubled that number and add one for good measure, as if to say we are to forgive without limit. Now, God wanted to promote you and God wanted to promote me as He wanted to promote His disciples back then. But before He promotes them, He wanted them to master the grace of handling offenses. Jesus cannot afford to have disciples who cannot handle problems. That's why He uh, wants us to settle in our minds a system of what's coming against us. Jesus is simply telling us, whatever the world throws at you, just keep on forgiving. Let it go. In verse 5, the Apostle said to Jesus increase our faith. See, there's a relationship between faith and forgiveness. One can walk on water, but if one can learn to forgive, then that person is just ordinary. I mean, borderline hypocrite. One can drive out demons, but won't forgive those who offended them. Then they are just ordinary. I mean, I can preach a message. Although I can preach a message, I will not handle offenses and be merciful and forgiving. Then I am a hypocrite. Then it will be just way you know that would just weigh me down and I will become ineffective what makes an extraordinary uh, makes us extraordinary in is you know not because we are serving in the church not because we hold leadership position or because we teach Sunday school or sing in the choir What makes us extraordinary is when we learn to let go and forgive those who offended us. Now, three things that I would like to share to you. Three things. Why do we need to forgive? Number one, the grace factor. The grace factor. Can you say it with me? the grace factor. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. Now, why will the Bible encourage us to be kind to one another? Because in reality, we have the tendency Not to be kind, but to be rude to one another when we are offended. When people uh, uh, sin against us, yeah, we can be unkind. The Bible tells us to be tender-hearted. Why? Because we have the tendency uh, to have a frozen heart and unforgiving. just as God in Christ also has forgiven you that is what the bible tells us be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving each other just as God in Christ also has forgiven you we forgive not because the offender deserves our forgiveness we forgive because we have been forgiven Let me say that one more time. The reason why we forgive is because of the grace factor. We forgive because we have been forgiven. Forgiveness is a choice. It is not a feeling, not just an emotion. It's not easy to forgive. But here's where God moves his child from being ordinary to extraordinary. This is what separates the weak from the strong. Perhaps someone is saying right now, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor, but <laughs> it's really hard to forget. I cannot forgive. You know what? Mahatma Gandhi said the weak can never forgive because forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. Let me say that one more time. The weak can never forgive. Because forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. Let it go. An unforgiving spirit is ungodly. An unforgiving spirit is ungodly. Why? Because God, God's very nature is forgiving. And if you say you are a child of God, and yet you do not forgive, You don't want to let go. You don't want to release other people. Then, we are not like God. What do you call that? Ungodly. That's why I said an unforgiving spirit is ungodly. Now, why do we need to forgive? Because of the grace factor. We forgive because we have been forgiven number two why we need to forgive because of the guilt factor matthew chapter 6 verse 14 the bible tells us for if you forgive men when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you Verse 15, if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Forgiving and being forgiven goes together. Notice the Lord's Prayer. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God uses the same measure on how we forgive other people let it go why because if you do not forgive those people who have hurt you and had sinned against you you too will not be forgiven you know the only people you know who have the right not to forgive are those people who do not commit mistakes but we all do make mistakes if we want to be forgiven by God, we must learn to forgive those who have sinned against us. An unforgiving spirit is an un- un- is ungodly. An unforgiving spirit is unforgivable. See, this is a very hard topic when we talk about forgiveness and mercy. You now, this is one of the probably most uh, unpopular topics in matthew chapter 18 verse 23 the bible tells us therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts Uh, as he began the settlement a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servants fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. First of all, he owed an astronomical amount of money. 10,000 talents you know just to give you a perspective when Solomon uh, finished uh, uh, the Lord's temple and overlaid everything with gold it cost him 8,000 talents 8,000 talents but this servant Uh, in the narrative of Jesus in chapter 18, that man owes, that servant owes more than that. He owes 10,000 talents. So the servant, when he begged his master for forgiveness, you know, the servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt and let him go. But when that servant take note but when that servant went out he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii he owed ten thousand talents but here someone owes him a hundred (laughs) denarii way 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 smaller than what he owed What he did was he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servants uh, uh, fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I cancel all that debt. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In verse 34 of Matthew chapter 18, the Bible tells us, In anger his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured, until he should pay back all he owed. In verse 35, this is how my Heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. What is the Bible teaching us? Not only that an unforgiving spirit is ungodly, but also an unforgiving spirit is unforgivable. I told you this is a very hard message. But this is the truth and I had to preach it. This will make you uncomfortable. As it made me uncomfortable. But it is the word of God that we need to abide in it we need to practice because why do we need to forgive because of the grace factor I forgive because I am forgiven the guilt factor I forgive because I need to be forgiven I forgive because I want to be forgiven and number three reason Why we need to forgive is the grief factor. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter roots grow up to cause trouble and defile many. See to it. Do it. Make sure, that is what the Bible is teaching us, that no one misses the grace of God. It means you fail to receive God's grace and, re- uh, and, and give God's grace. He doesn't want us to miss that. If you do not forgive, you're going to have trouble. It is unhealthy. You're going to have problems both spiritually and physically. That's why the Bible is teaching us to let it go. Release those who have hurt you. Forgive those who have sinned against you. Now, why do I say you're going to have problems spiritually? See, the context of this, going back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, he says, uh, seeing we are an, uh, surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. See, God wanted us to, you know, to put down that weight. Why? Because it is unhealthy for you and for me. An unforgiving spirit Does us personal harm. See, have you ever tried to get even with those people who have sinned against you? Have you ever tried to get even? You say, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If you hurt me, I'll hurt you if you slander me i'll slander you more i mean if you want to take revenge if you wanted to get even let me show you this simple illustration this is you and this is the person who has hurt you to get even means you go down to his level you stoop down to his level And I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it is wise. Because when you say you want to get even, that person here doesn't go up. It's you going down. Let it go. You might be saying, Pastor, if only you knew what they did to me. You won't. Let them off the hook that easily. Well, let me tell you. You are on the same hook with him. You need to let go because of the grief factor. I said earlier, you're going to have, uh, uh, not, uh, you know, have trouble not only uh, spiritually, but also physical problems. You do not have enough strength to manage yesterday's pain. That is the reason why we have arthritis, diabetes, hypertension, affliction, and other sicknesses because we don't want to let go. You're going to look older than your age because you are carrying too much weight on you. Some of you are probably 60 years old. you're still grieving the pain and holding on to the anger and resentment over something that happened when you were six years old let it go are you telling me pastor you know that uh, I cannot get angry when people hurt me and hurt me deeply no I'm not saying that the truth is you and I will be hurt, and we will get angry. Jesus allows you to be angry. He said in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, Jesus said, be angry and sin not. I call this the 559 principle. Be angry and sin not let not the sun go down upon your wrath the 559 principle when you get angry God knows he understands but what he's telling you is learn to manage it learn to cope with it Accept that there will be people and that offenses uh, will come offenses are constant but offenses must be caught and managed. My dear brothers and sisters, why? Let me just give a brief summary of uh, what I preach. Why do we need to forgive? Why do we need to let it go? Because of the grace factor, I forgive because I have been forgiven Remember an unforgiving spirit is ungodly Number two the guilt factor. I forgive so I will be forgiven An unforgiving spirit is unforgivable That is a biblical principle and number three the grief factor I forgive to stay healthy an unforgiving spirit is unhealthy and how do we forgive let me just add on how do we forgive yes I we already gave the reason why we need to forgive and now how do we forgive? number one forgive freely how did Jesus forgive you How did Jesus forgive you? He gave you, when he forgave you, he, he did it spontaneously and quickly. Number two, forgive fully. Jesus canceled all our sins. He canceled all our debts. Not in part, but the whole. Not only that we should forgive freely, forgive fully, and lastly, forgive finally. See, when you forgive people, do not bring up past mistakes. Do not bring up past mistakes. Don't be historical. Be forgiving. Let it go. Again, God wanted to promote you. But before He promotes you, He wanted you to learn. To let it go. Here is where I will end the message. Let us bow our heads and come to the Lord in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, once more, you know our hearts inside out. You know, Lord, the things that had happened to us. And you know what kind of spirit we have. But we lay down everything at your feet, Lord. If you see anything in us, God who, uh, you see an unforgiving heart, a frozen heart, the curse of an unforgiving spirit, God, we we, we don't want the curse, Lord. We wanted your blessing. Lord, we release those who have hurt us. Come, Lord. The truth is this very hard. But now empower us, Lord. Pour your grace upon us that we, O Lord, will be able to forgive. We make a conscious choice to release those people to you. Thank you, Father. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.